the glories roll when my name is called in glory, right? Amen. I can start here. It can start here. Certainly a nice spirit of worship. Thank you, Brother Marian. Thank you to the musicians. I'm going to ask you to have your seats for a moment. Brother Marian, if you don't mind just having a seat and sitting here. Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. We uh, appreciate the sunshine that's shining outside, but... Uh, more than that, I am grateful for the eternal Son of God that has shined upon us. Where would we be this morning if we wouldn't have what God has made so real to us? You know, God is not a theory. He's, he's not a message that's held somewhere in, you know, some, some tapes and books. And He lives in the hearts of His people. The message lives in His people. You are the message. We are the message. <laughs> oh, wonderful, wonderful. I just want to give you a couple of updates this morning. I'm just going to take a few moments, so just bear with me this morning if you don't mind. I uh, just want to, first of all, I was uh, speaking with Brother Murphy Wong, and uh, Brother Murphy was just sharing about the believers in China, and uh, I wasn't speaking to him as much as I was communicating. Sometimes we say we speak, but we actually text or we email, and it's become a way of speaking. <laughs> but nonetheless, he, we, we heard about three brothers that were imprisoned uh, in China. Uh, one, there, one's a pastor. His name is Brother Caleb. Uh, there's a couple of other brothers that are there. And they were, that was being done because they were holding a copy of the Bible that had been translated uh, by the believers. And the Bible that they have as a translation had done away with a lot of the errors that, that, are being, that had been held in the traditional Bible there. So when he wrote of it, he, the, this brother was held with, he was put in jail, a couple of other brothers. There was actually four. One was released because he wasn't feeling well, and they thought he might have the virus. But nonetheless, these three are in so there's been much prayer made, and, and they're still in prison, but this last week, Brother Murphy got a, uh, he's been extremely burdened, he's made it a cause to have a few ministers and such pray for him, but he got a report back from the wife of, of this Brother Caleb, and he actually is in prison, and he begins writing her, 
And he says, and he, and he makes, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he says, don't be afraid. There's nothing that can happen without God in control. He said, I was led here by revelation. And he says, it's not our faith. He says, but we can accomplish whatever if our faith is set towards him. I love you. Tell everyone that before this happened, there, sh there should be some here right now. Even in my absence, God is still God. I love that testimony. God is not mocked. Live right. Let your hearts be pure, your eyes single. Don't be grieved for what's happening to me in here. We must prepare ourselves. Any time can be God's time. Man, I love the faith of this. This brother's been in a prison for months on end. And this is the faith that's coming out of him. That's the faith I identify with. That's the believers that are living in this day. He goes on to say other things. He says, my heart and spirit are always with you. May the Lord keep you after all our trials. Stand. Don't be distracted. Go and visit the old saints. <laughs> oh, wonderful Lord Jesus. I thank God that the faith that lived in our in the, in the Hebrews chapter 11, the saints that are there, the saints we read in the Old Testament, those that have gone before us, that faith is still alive today. We thank God for it. At the same time, I also want to update you. Our church has been active in supporting uh, mission work in uh, Uganda and different parts in Africa. Uh, we don't always get a chance to share everything that's happening, but uh, I, I want to maybe just, Brother Mark, if you can put up the first of the clips. Uh, this is, it's kind of, it's not a live service, so, but this is a, uh, a group of believers in a little village that are, are getting Bibles. They have never had Bibles, but they're getting Bibles. So they're conscious that a camera's on them, so maybe they're a little bit, uh, you know, reserved and such. But think about what they're getting and the part that we can play in getting the Word of God in the hands of people. So there's two clips here, Brother Mark. Just play them back to back. The first one, they're singing a bit. The second is them giving the Bibles to them. Just go ahead and play that. It's a couple of minutes.
Brother Branham would say, you know, uh, he says, how can we, who've heard the gospel twice, sit silent without those that have never heard it, never read it? I believe it ought to be in the hearts of the believer to always do something to spread the message, the good news. We want to to all go home. I, I want everyone that's predestinated to be there to be there. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It's nice to see all the different ones. We have a special couple here this morning, Brother Reinhold and Sister Lydia. They haven't been here for four months. God bless you. It's nice to see you. Amen. It's nice to see all of you that are here. We sure are happy to be in the house of the Lord. I wanted to make mention that I received an email this last week from Brother Doug Lentz. He lives in the Ottawa area. His son is in the area. He's coming to be in the Edmonton area this next week. So we've invited him to speak next Sunday, next Sunday night for us, and he'll be, he'll be speaking at that time. I'd also like to just take a few moments to share what has been a burden on our hearts, and uh, I'm speaking now on behalf of Brother Harold and myself. And um, we have always had, if I can say, our special meetings at the end of July. And uh, with the conditions, we recognize that's impossible to do it in the way that we've always done it. But it was on our hearts and to want to do something, and uh, we were praying about it, and um, recently heard a service of Brother Ron Spencer. He had spoke to his church on, I must get to Jesus. We know Brother Ron has been suffering. Uh, He is going through treatment. God is working on his behalf. And Brother Ron has always been a part of our meetings. And uh, I heard that message. I just, it just so touched me. And uh, I just remembered how many times God has worked through Brother Ron's life to be a benefit to us. So we contacted him. And we asked him, would he address the church or speak a service? Or could they do a few services for us? Even if he would stream it from where he was at. And he could speak it to his church. His church would be listening, but they would include our church. And he prayed about it. I spoke also with Brother Andrew Spencer. And Brother Andrew had, I asked him, I I wanted him to be honest in in Brother Ron's condition, if this was possible. And Brother Andrew says, Brother Ed, he said, I've seen God do things with Brother Ron, his dad, that, that he says that the day before he spoke that service, I listened, he was sick. The next day... God just did something. And he said, and since that time, he's just moved to another level. So we have now spoke with with them. And what we've done is, so two weeks from now, which is typically when we'd have our meetings, we're going to have three meetings. And we're going to hook up with Full Gospel Lighthouse Tabernacle in Virginia. That's Brother Ron Spencer. And so we're going to have three services, Saturday night, a, a Sunday morning, and a Sunday night. Brother Andrew is going to speak one, Brother Ron's going to speak one, and then we're going to see how it's going to work out for the latter part of that. But we're going to allow God to be God. I, I, I just shared this with the brothers, and I, I said this to them. I said, you know, the world has been put on hold. I said, uh, economies have been put on hold. Sporting events and everything has been put on hold, and, and it seems like our lives are being put on hold. Do you think God is put on hold? 
I don't believe God has been put on hold. I believe God's going to raise up and work in a greater way than he's worked before. So as we were thinking on this, this is a quote that I'm going to just share with you. Sorry for taking a little bit of time, and I'm not really sorry while I say that, okay? But I I just want to say this. Distance is no difference to God. He is omnipresent. He has to be. In other words, geographical place, time are no distance to God. In this generation, there's a voice of God that's been made known. In the days of that voice, that voice was recorded on tape. God has taken that voice and quickened it over and over and over and over again. And he can do the same today. So we believe that. So no matter where time or distance is, so we're going to have meetings with them. This is, this is what Brother Branham would say. And you know, just, just so you recognize, I want to just say the sovereignty of God. Yeah. Brother Branham would be speaking a tape or speaking a message, and it's actually recorded on tape, and he says, now, and he starts saying something about women cutting their hair, and he says, oh, I, I feel somebody resented that. And he's in his tabernacle. He says, oh, that may have been in the tape. Or that may have been on the wire somewhere. Now, he could pick that up. But to go a step further, he actually comes to it and he says, now, I feel something coming back. It may be in the tape land somewhere. Now, you talk about a God that is omnipotent. That God is still God today. And I want to see him in a greater way. How many would say, I'm with you, Brother Ed? Now, I'm sharing this with you today because I'd like us to be in prayer. Now, he says, Brother Branham says, some of the greatest things I've ever seen done is by telephone or someone calling in. Great things have been taking place. And he says, the apostle was shut up in prison one night, and right through those cells came the pillar of fire that followed the children of Israel, came right in because of a prayer meeting. Now, I want you to notice something. It works both ways. When the people of God call on God, God breaks all time, all space. So I'm I'm looking at this as not just for us, but also for Brother Ron. And when two two omnipotents come together, something has got to happen. So we started sharing this with Brother Ron, and Brother Ron, you know, he was a little cautious. Then he says, and then I called him, and he says, Brother Ed, I believe this is the will of God. Shared it with Brother Harold, and we were talking, and he says, I believe this is God. And there's been numerous things that have happened, and I will just say, let's be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I, I want you all to pray. I want you just to be remembering this, and we want to, to do it. And I, I just share one more thing. Brother Andrew reminded me of this the other day. Thank you, Brother Andrew. But last year at the meetings, we had Brother Ronnie Long here ministering for the young people. He was a part of the meetings, and his wife was streaming in. And so one of the services, Brother Ron was, was ministering. She was streaming in two hours different in a time zone, and, and this, is, this is her testimony. And I, I, I said, I apologize for taking time, but I don't, because I believe this is building for faith. Amen. And he, she says, I remember last year, without a prayer line, the power of God was available to whoever had faith. 
And she says, we serve an incredible God. He says, and, and, and this, sorry, Brother Andrew, I'm reading what you, what you wrote here to us. And she, she, she would just tell in, in this story, she tells, she says, now, there's all the fears circulating. And he says, I'm sharing this testimony for those who can't be there. This is not our first choice. But I want you to know God is mindful of his children and we should always be expecting him to move in a supernatural way because he's a supernatural God. I was in, 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 in my room listening to the meetings thousands of miles away. I was watching from my bed and all of a sudden as the words coming forth, it started to strike me. I said, wow, he's preaching this for me. And she says, I felt a surge go through my body, not once or twice, but three times. It was so powerful, I jumped out of bed. Suddenly the presence of God came in my bedroom, filled every space. It was so strong, I started to weep and jump and speak in tongues. This went on for quite some time. I could hear the service of the computer coming to close, but the power of God just kept pouring down on me. After an unknown space, I started to speak to God and ask him questions, and it seemed like the presence was so long, it broke everything. The burden that had been on me for years, God said, I put that burden for a purpose, and I provided the answer for it. She said, I cried and cried and wept and wept. Thank God, and she says these final words, there's so much to this testimony. She says, so if you gather around a screen, remember, come expecting, pull on the word. Don't waste the opportunity. Do you believe that same God's alive? Do you believe he's here this morning? Let's stand together. His voice makes the difference. His voice makes a difference When He speaks, He relieves my troubled mind It's the only voice I hear makes a difference And I'll follow one day at a time find him in my place of prayer his spirit hovers near oh his voice gently gives me my direction and I'll follow that voice that I hear oh his voice a difference when he speaks he relieves my troubled mind it's the only voice I hear that makes a difference and I'll follow one day at a time oh his voice is strong and mighty tower tearing down every stronghold in my life he's the master of 
changes when he speaks all my darkness turns to light oh his voice makes a difference when he speaks he relieves my troubled mind it's the only voice I playing softly sister Angie just think about that voice that came to you one day a voice came to Abraham one day it was unlike any other voice he'd ever heard that voice is still here today as we bow our heads and you have a need and you want him to speak to you why don't you just lift up your hands slip it up to him Heavenly Father, this morning, as we've just come into your house, from early this morning, just made very aware of the Spirit of God. Lord, how it desires to come near to us. How we need that Spirit, O oh Lord. Father, we're not talking about a natural voice, but there's a voice like no other voice. Would you come by this way this morning? Would your spirit hover over us? Forgive us of our sins and shortcomings. Lord, we're humans and this carcass of humanity so often gets in the way. But Lord, our soul longs for you. Our soul desires to have fellowship with you. Penetrate past the natural man even the complexes of the spiritual man and go down deep, Lord, where there's a difference that is made. Bypass our thinking. Come to our heart. Come to our soul. Lord, as we take these thoughts this morning, as we prepare our hearts, even for upcoming meetings, as we set our face towards you, oh, Lord, May you remember us, sweep over us, wherever your children are gathered this morning. Lord, I pray that your presence would be close. Lord, we've taken a little more time in the preliminaries. 
But now, Lord, for this next little while, just I pray that you'd capture our hearts. Go to every room and every house and every place. Go to every pew that's here. Thank you for those that are here this morning. I pray a special blessing on those that couldn't be here. Now, Lord, we commit ourselves to you. Bless your word, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's thank you for your patience this morning. We'll go to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 17. We're going to read a portion here, and we'll also read in 2 Peter chapter 1. So from Matthew 17, verse 1. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter and James and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Now, even Jesus drew back on what was in history. That there was a spirit of Christ that was in Moses. There was a spirit of Christ that was in Elijah. And so in another place, it says they spoke with him concerning his decease. Now, just think about this. The eternal God is always the same. And he said, and then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. And while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Making a distinction. This is now more present than Moses, more present than Elijah, but this is the voice for that season. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face, and they were sore afraid, and Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, and be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. And as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Tell the vision to no man until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. God bless his word. You may have your seats. Thank you for the special this morning, Sister Joanne, and we really appreciate the Spirit of God, and Sister Susan, God bless you. We appreciate the, the worship. Amen. How, how, could we, how could we sit silent? <laughs> Something has got to come out. <laughs> Amen. Let's go over to 2 Peter. 2 Peter. And we'll read from chapter 1, verse 15. Now, Peter was up on the mountain, and Peter was uh, a witness to what happened. 
In fact, Peter now was not just with Jesus, but in him was that same voice. And he has been showed that he also will die. But these are words now that he says to those that are there. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. For you have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Now Peter is recapturing this glorious event. But now he says this, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in the old time by the will of man, but the holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Brother Mark, we'll just jump to that one more scripture, and this is in Philippians. Go back to, we're jumping backwards, not jumping forwards. Philippians chapter 2, we'll just pick up verse 15. Uh, sorry, Philippians 2 verse 12, and then we're going through to 15, 16. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So it's God that has a desire and a will, and it's pleasing to him. The same way it pleased him to have a son standing there, and it was going to be him working in us. That you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. So Paul is now also speaking of a time that he would not be here, and he's saying, you've got to run. He says, because if you don't run, then I've labored in vain. And he's telling them, he says, so therefore I'm depending on you to run the race in your time, in your season. Amen. God bless his word this morning. Um, I'd like to speak on the eternal voice in season. I really debated of calling this the voice of the Father in the season of the Son, but I'm going to just leave it with this title. My thoughts originate out of what we spoke last week about the faith of the forefathers and also being begotten of God. And I just like to repeat this because it, 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 it so spoke to me through the week and, and, and at that time, but 
To be born means just to exit the womb. In other words, to give life at birth. To be begotten means to actually be conceived by parents. In other words, life had thought earlier before the exit of the womb with a purpose or an intent of carrying on. So the root word of all of of begotten is to beget, which means to generate, and usually it means children, but to cause someone to enter one's position. Now, if I just share a couple of quotes, just just as a start, uh, Brother Branham would talk, God reveals himself in three ways. First, it was in a pillar of fire called the fatherhood, That same God was made manifest in Jesus Christ, which he built a body, he made this body, and then thirdly, through the death of that body, he sanctified a church that he can dwell in. It was God above us, God with us, God in us, the same God. And I I trust that in this last day, if people ask you where God is, you don't have to point back in history. You don't have to point back to geography. You can say he's here right now. Elohim lives in me. I'm a part of the Godhead. It's not just something in a mythical place, but it's actually here. Because to deny that God isn't made present is an antichrist spirit. God is here. And he's working to identify and make himself known for us. Now, Brother Branham would go on and say, in Christ the mystery, he'd say, God loved fatherhood. And so he had three great threefold purposes to express himself. First, to identify with human beings, or sorry, to identify with human beings, to reveal himself in Christ. So... That was his identification with humanity. So there was a season of fatherhood, and he's still the father, but there's also a season where he poured that into humanity. And then he says, next to have preeminence in his body of believers, his bride to live in a people. So, oh, I th- he says, thank God of, for that. So I, I, there's so much more to the quote, but... I want to just take for a few moments, and I took last week on the only begotten of the Father, and that was Jesus Christ. We won't repeat that. But I want to take some aspects of the Father and Son. And if I can just maybe go back, and I won't read all the quotes, but Brother Branham would talk about how God was the great eternal spirit. He could not be seen, could not be heard, but he was that spirit that covered all time and space. And Brother Man, he says, let's look beyond the curtain of time. And he says, oh, I see a little light, an amber light coming out. And he uses this language this way. He said, like a son playing before the throne of the Father. And he says, and he says, so it was a manifestation of God that came forth. And out of that light began creation. Out of that light began words that began to speak. Those words became the words of the eternal spirit, even then expressed in the Son. So it was God expressing himself. It was his voice. His voice became the medium that he chose to connect with us that we could connect with him. So he would say from that, let there be, and it was, came to pass, let there be light. But it really came as a breakdown from an invisible realm. 
Now let's go to Genesis 1, and these are just a couple of background scriptures. But he would talk in Genesis chapter 1, go through all of creation, and he would just, so familiar with this, I almost just repeat it. But God said, let us make, verse 26, let us make man in our image after our likeness, let them have dominion. So when God was looking to express himself in humanity, it wasn't just with the intent that it would be symbolic, but he actually wanted to make man a God like himself. He didn't just want to make man as some off-scouring, you know, that comes groveling to the Father. No, he wanted to personally place in them the attributes of the Father. So he wanted to make it, he said, let them have dominion. So not just to be in our image, but have dominion over their their kingdom, which was the earth, over the fish of the sea, the fowl, the cattle, over the earth, every creeping thing. So God created them in his own image, and here he hides in a purpose, he says, male and female created he them. I believe it was Paul somewhere later in the Old Testament, he says, in Christ you are neither male nor female. So sometimes we make reference that is in the feminine, sometimes we make references in the masculine. Today I'm reeling more with the masculine, but Sometimes we deal with the bride of Christ. Well, we as men identify as being the bride of Christ. Because in Christ there's neither male nor female. The same way when we talk about sons of God, daughters identify too. We've been given that same authority. So let's just identify that way to crystallize our thinking. So he would go on and bless them and tell them to have dominion. And he would tell them to multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And, 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 and he tells them what he's given them. Let's jump over to Genesis 2. Now, he says here in Genesis 2, verse 7, we won't read all of it. I'm, I'm going to, I sometimes guilty of taking too much background. I'm just going to jump into it. And the Lord, for, the Lord God, so it's, it's actually a different distinction here, because in in. Genesis 1, it was always God. And God was Elohim. But now this was the Lord God for the first time. And the Lord God was Jehovah, which means the Father, or one who exists with family. So the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now, I need you to think beyond what, what, what the carnal mind would think. Well, you know, there's this piece of clay. He breathed a breath into them. They began to have lungs and breathe. Now, it actually is on a much higher level than that. It's actually on a level where God was literally transposing what was in him and making another God-man on earth. And a God-man that existed in three parts like God did. Flesh, spirit, and soul. In his soul, he was God. In his flesh, he was God. In, in his spirit, he was God. It was a manifestation of God. It wasn't just, you know, what we see here that we could live and breathe and all of that. No, it was on a higher level. So that was God doing it. Now, Brother Branham would talk about this. And he referred to it at different places. So in the message, Blasphemous Names, he said, we struggle for eternal life. He said, it's the eternal 
soul that's been breathed into us by his breath. Why would we struggle? God, especially upon Adam, breathed the breath of eternal life. And he became an eternal person with God. He had power like God. He was an amateur God. He was God of the earth, not a God of heaven, but the God of earth. And someday, the sons of God will again become sons. The same way Adam was. The same way we were intended to come. And he said, if you call them, Jesus would refer to it, if you call those who he called God, how can you condemn me when I say I'm the son of God? Now, Brethren says we're getting into something deep. Watch when we drive it down. Now, he refers to this breathing as a word, it's a Greek word, which he calls amoya. Amoya means an unseen force, like the wind. So now he goes later in the mighty God unveiled for us. He's now talking about God. We find out that God would speak to man, but he veiled himself. He was veiled to Job in the form of a whirlwind. He told Job to gird up his loins. He was going to speak to him like a man. And he came down in a whirlwind and he spoke to Job. He made known to Job through the whirlwind. He could hear the wind blowing and turning around. And a voice came out of the whirlwind. God was veiled in the whirlwind. In, in the whirlwind. I said Greek earlier. I meant South African word. I, so excuse me uh, for not being a scholar. Yeah, they says now in South Africa they use the word amoya, which means an unseen force. And the unseen force in the whirlwind had an audible voice. It spoke to Job. He never saw his form, but he was veiled by a whirlwind. The prophets of the, of the Bible, Moses, out of God's chosen, selected, predestined service, they desired to speak to him. And he did so many things of his great mystic hand going before them and doing things only God would do. He says, and, and God would speak to them. Moses desired one time, I would want to see you. He says, go stand on the rock and I'll show you my backside. I'll show you. And, Joe, and he saw the form of a man. Now, I, I, I want you just to be thinking about this because when God made Adam... There was a fullness, an awareness where nothing was hid. Nothing was veiled. In other words, everything God was. I, I, and, and, and I would say, he was so in tune with not what just the natural eyes saw, but with the Spirit of God that moved. I think Brother Andrew had directed me to the testimony of Brother Charlie Cox. Brother Charlie Cox was a man who was a deacon in Brother Branham's church. Brother Jake, you'd be familiar. You've, you visited with him. Uh, and, and he went hunting often with Brother Branham. And he would go hunting. And it was a time when Brother Branham would relax. And, you know, Brother Branham being the prophet of God. And, you know, we, but he was just a man. And he, as a man, was also walking with God. And God, friends, there's a whole spirit that would want to deify Brother Branham. 
We need to recognize he was a vessel to God. Now, a one-in-a-generation vessel, but he was a vessel for God. And he had to walk through seasons, just like we walk through seasons. And as Brother Brennan would walk through seasons, he was a man who probably was more in tune with the supernatural by gifts from a child. But he became aware of the uh, purpose of those gifts. He became aware of the supernatural realm. And he became aware of how that all channeled to this day and age and what he must do with it. Now that was a process, and he went through many struggles, just like we do. I spoke to my brother, my natural flesh brother yesterday, who is, you know, I, and we were just talking about how we were born as children into our family. And my brother's gone through a failed marriage not once but twice. And it seemed that it took all of that to bring him to the place where now he is feeding on the message like he's never in his life. And, and he said to me yesterday, he says, Ed, he said, we didn't realize what we had when we were kids. The home that we were in. We never knew how blessed and favored we were. I'll tell you what, that's not passed on intellectually. That's God making it real. And he would say, you know, he says, look at those, those friends, those neighbor kids that were with us. Where are they now? He says, and, and he says, look what we've got. He said, I may never get my marriage back. I may never get what I thought. But I got something that will never fail. Oh, friends, the grace of God that comes down to us. Oh, the long suffering of God. Never give up. Never, never, never give up on anyone. So going back to Brother Charlie Cox, Brother Charlie, he, 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 he would go hunting with Brother Branham. And they said of, he'd go hunting often and Brother Branham would get the limit. And after the seals were broke, he says, there was something different in Brother Branham. You know, Brother Ryan would make the declaration and say, I am not the son of Charles and Ella Branham. Now, that is a revelation in itself. Now, yes, he identified earthly, but where he was begotten from was a much higher level. And so, he, he said they'd go out hunting, and, and now after the seals are broken, it's, it's he, God had made himself more real. Brother Van said, I've been in meetings in South Africa where I've seen 30,000 people saved. But he said, nothing compared to the breaking of those seals. And he says, it was so divine. Now, before we, and, and we've been guilty of many times approaching that from a level of intellectual okay, this is higher, therefore there's more revelation, there's more knowledge. But I'll say this, God penetrated. I'm going to use that word because that's how I felt this morning in prayer. God just began to penetrate our beings and make himself so aware 
of where we are in him. And Brother Branham, he said, they'd go hunting, and now Brother Branham would go to the, the place, a favorite spot where he'd always get squirrels. And he said, Brother Charlie said he'd, he'd come back, and they'd separate, he'd go hunting. He'd come back, and Charlie had his few squirrels, and he says, Brother Branham came back, he had nothing. Nothing. He said, Brother Branham, did you guys? He says, oh, the glory of God. Now, I don't believe that was reserved for the prophet. I believe God wants every one of us to have that. The breaking of the seals is not for you to figure it out in your head. It's to say, oh God, make yourself known to me. Don't let me stand here and miss what you're doing. The eternal voice of God. Now, let's, let's just, I need to take this to another level here with a few thoughts. There's an invisible realm around us that we don't, we're not even often conscious of. I, I, I thought this morning of, of what's been happening in the world. You know, we, we see the signs. We see every nation closed. We see mass demonstrations. We see the masses being moved. And I'm going to tell you, friends, that does not happen in the natural. There's a spirit that's moving the masses. There's something loosed in another realm. I, 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 I just, I, I go back. We have Brother Reinhold here today. He's a man who grew up in Germany who knew knew what happened under Hitler. I'll, I'll say it, you know, we, the world looks at it and says, that was Hitler, you know. Uh, that was a man who had persuasive powers. But yet really, friends, it was a demonic realm. And the prophet identifies 200,000 demons that were loosed. And he, and he starts to name them. Men like Eichmann, Hitler, and he says, Stalin. Now these were leaders, but they were anointed to come against God's people. The Jews, a natural people. It began to be a natural persecution. But it started from a spirit realm. It started with the loosing of those spirits. So it was a season. It was a season. You couldn't stop it. There was a man that opened to those spirits, became anointed. And if you look at Hitler's roots, he was a man that was poor. He didn't have much, but he opened up to something. And look at the ruthlessness. Now that's what the world is opening up to now. Now because the, the persecution that came on a natural people... That persecution is being leased, loosed in an ecclesiastical form on the bride. So you say, on the bride? Well, yeah, it is on the bride. But it, it's against what we stand for. It's against what we hold dear. And friends, we have only seen the beginning of it. Because churches around the world are being shut down. Denominational churches and, 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 and even other religions but somewhere this is going to turn. 
somewhere this spirit because it, it, it's, it's, it's designed to come against, as it came against God's natural people, it's coming against God's spiritual people. It's actually coming against God's voice on earth today, which is his bride. I, I have many things to say, but I'm watching the time just slipping. So I, I just want to say we need to be conscious. You know, it was Daniel. Now, as much as this is natural against us, but I, I also need you to look at it this way. Oh, my. Let's just... Turn to Revelations chapter 1, if you will, for a moment. Revelations 1. No matter what I say about what's in my notes or my notes, and I'm guilty of it, I apologize. God's getting out what he wants getting out. So I, I trust in that, okay? I say Revelations 1, sorry, Revelations 2. I'm sorry. No, I, I man, I'm... I'm Revelations 2, yeah, it is, verse 7, sorry. Okay, stop, pause. Brother Branham, we just talked to it the other day. A man of God comes up to speak a message. Birth pains. He turns to John chapter 16. It's not there. It's not there. What's going on? Was God in control? Okay, that same God's in control here. <laughs> You know what? Just, just let me, let me, while I'm here. I, I was actually sharing that story with a couple of my aunts. And they, they went to that meeting. And they were at that meeting. And he says, Ed, what you don't know about that meeting is Brother Branham had, I believe it was Roy Borders, come up and he say, I want you to speak for half an hour and address the people. And Brother Roy Borders spoke on the judgments of God that are coming. Brother Branham comes and he speaks on, on Revelation, or sorry, on John chapter 16. He doesn't get to it. Just before he opens the scripture, there's a woman in the congregation that rises up, never had spoken prophetic terms before, but just, she said it was a chilling thing. It just went over the audience and the people, and it, and it spoke, you can hear it on the tape, just the beginning of it says, I am God, I am not a man. People don't say that of themselves. And, and the prophecy is kind of blanked out. You, we can get the interpretation. But it, it just touched exactly on what Brother Borders touched on. Now this comes. And now the third part to this, Brother Branham comes. And, and, and if I can just say, I'm, I'm, I'm just dropping this in because there's seasons. Brother Branham was not aware of what was happening at that moment. He was as much a bystander as everybody else was. But the Spirit of God was moving, drawing attention, but we catch up to it after. We don't always see it in the moment. And Brother Bam says, and he goes back, and a month later he speaks, this day this scripture is fulfilled. Actually, that's what I read out of this morning about the omnipotent God. That quote that I shared comes out of that message. And he says... You may remember my tape on birth pains. He says, and he says, that woman that spoke, that was a, because there was three parts. There was that one, the prophecy, Brother Branham, and this priest interjects just like it did in Jesus' time. And he says, 
The woman that spoke in that prophecy was the priest's sister. Now, friends, if, if God's not in control, who is? That same God was there at the seals where Brother Branham answers a question and God just stops him and says, go back to the question. Oh, I would have answered it wrong. You watch the confidence the prophet had in that. Friends, our confidence is not in the man, William Branham. Our confidence is in the prophetic office. Our confidence is in the God that watches over us. Our confidence is in him. And there's so much being made about the cloud and that it wasn't this and it wasn't that. Anybody else go out there and manufacture a cloud 30 miles in the air. And Brother Branham, he just says that cloud and he, he talks about the angels. He's talking about the cloud being uh, a reciprocal of something supernatural. And then again, as that cloud appears in Life magazine, man took that. But then Brother Bram says the Holy Spirit spoke to him. Saw that picture, he said, turn it to the right. Hallelujah. Friends, I, I grew up in a home where that cloud was there. I was a child. And I looked at that, and as a child, nobody had to tell me. I said, that's Christ. No man's going to take that away from me. God spoke that to me. I mean, that's my commercial break here as I try to get to Revelations chapter 2, verse 7. We're here. And the angel of the Lord, to the angel of, 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 the, angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. Now, let's not glaze over these words. I think sometimes in this age we're so guilty of having so much information, we process it, hits our mind for a sec, we either dismiss it or we go this way with it. But as much as Adam was keenly aware of Amoya, as much as Brother Branham became keenly aware, we need to also become keenly aware of where we are. So he says... He that openeth and no man shutteth. Now, there's nobody on the world, in the world, if God says, I'm going to open a door, that's going to shut it. And if God shuts a door, nobody's going to open it. So what we're seeing here is the sovereignty of God. And when God begins to make a declaration, it starts to reciprocate down on earth. Now, we touched on this on Wednesday when we were talking about the restoration. But in the time of Daniel... At, at a certain time, Daniel went down to Babylon by the word of God given to the prophet Jeremiah. And when God says, Israel, you're going to be there 70 years. And, and, and hey, you could say, I'm not going. But I'll tell you what, when God shuts the door, you got to follow. When God opens the door, you can't stop it for nothing. And Daniel, he says, I recognize that this time of a shut door is, is just about over. And I, the door is opening. And then I, this, this will be another service, but I, and I'll parallel this with that whole time frame. But you watch the Spirit, and if you're reading the book of Ezra or Nehemiah, you'll catch this. 
you watch the spirit that was on Daniel where he begins weeping and crying. Daniel never committed the sins that his forefathers did, but he was so identified. And on behalf of them, he just begins to weep and cry. You know, Daniel, Daniel just, just, you know, Daniel's just beginning to pour his heart. We have sinned and our fathers have sinned. And Lord, forgive us. To us belongs confusion and all of these things. But oh God, you're merciful. Friends, accompanied with God doing something, something has to resonate on earth. I'm worried sometimes when people just accept the message. Oh, God did something. Receive the Holy Ghost without emotion. Oh my goodness. If there's something that doesn't strike your soul, you missed it. Get in the channel. It's got to be real. Brother Ed, you're just, you're, you're putting a finger. Absolutely I am. Because I'm concerned. The hour is late. We don't have time anymore. Jeremiah, who spoke, he was known as the weeping prophet. His very beginning, Jeremiah, he says, God said, I've ordained you a prophet before you were even born. How would you like to be the prophet that tells Israel you're going into captivity? The judgments and wrath of God are on you. I don't want to do it, Lord. He said, but it was a fire in my bones. Daniel, read the Lamentations. Read through the book of, sorry, Jeremiah, read the Lamentations of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is reflecting God's heart. My people, my people. Jeremiah, as he prophesies, but now Daniel picks up the prophecy. And Daniel, Daniel, he enters into that. And if you actually go into the book of Ezra, and we'll pick it up in a future service, but you read when Ezra, who was the first to return, and along with Zerubbabel, begins to build the foundation. But Ezra comes, and, and they pull out the book, and they recognize how they've fallen. And, Jer and Ezra begins to weep, paralleling what Daniel is doing in Babylon. And he begins to weep and cry. And he takes his beard and plucks it out. And, and, he's, and he's there. And everybody looks at him. What's wrong with you? The Spirit of God is recognizing there's got to be a repentance. Friends, that same Spirit of God came in this generation. It came in the book of Revelations chapter 3. Repent. Laodicea, repent. Oh, you can't just say, oh, yeah, I don't like this exit stage left. you got to recognize that you are in sin. you got to recognize that you're saved by the grace of God. Oh, you may have grown up in a nice home, but you're still a sinner by nature. So the Spirit of God's in this realm. It's happening. It's connecting. It's Daniel. 
It's Jeremiah. It's Ezra. And it becomes the people. That'll, that'll be my foreshadow for a future service. You say, oh, Brother Ed, when you speak that one, make sure I don't sign up for it. Well, sorry. We're all in this together. I was away and I started reading on Spurgeon. There's a whole chapter, a man of God. He said, how time and time again I had to come back for the mercy of God because of my sin and my wretchedness. You don't think a minister does that? How many times I cry out, oh God. Friend, I'm just saying, let, let this penetrate. Let this go to beyond a superficial level. Enter into the agony of Brother Branham. And it wasn't just Brother Branham. It was the Spirit of God that was coming down to him. Now, at the same time, okay, i got to get you off that because you'll just go out of here and won't, won't even eat your lunch or anything. But listen, at the same time, they come in the land, and the first feast they remember, they, they, they celebrate, actually becomes the Feast of Tabernacles. And there's great rejoicing and joy and coming back at a certain time, at a certain season. You know, I, I, I think we ought to, as much as there's that, there's also such joy. Brother Mark, I, listen, I, I can't stop. i gotta, I got to put this here right now. There's one more clip I gave you. I want you to play this. But I want you to think where you are right now and where you'll be when this is fulfilled. Because if you see where we're going, there ought to be a change when you look at this right now about how I'm living and how I'm serving God. Play this last one. Just turn the lights, Brother Tino. And when life is all over here on earth, the last prayer has been prayed. The battles are all done. Smoke's dried up, gone away. Arms are stacked. The Bible's closed. And we come up to your house. That great morning breaks eternal bright and fair when the chosen ones shall gather to their home beyond the sky as the poet said. Lord, as we see that great table stretched out there for that supper thousands of miles long, looking across the table to each other, battle-scarred veterans, of joy running down our cheeks, the king come out in his beauty, holiness, walk down along the table and take his own hands and wipe the tears from her eyes, saying, don't cry anymore, it's all over, there into the joys of the Lord. The tall of the road will seem nothing, grandfather, when we get to the end of the way. I couldn't watch that without saying, let me serve you, Lord. I want to be worthy of that. This is not a game. We are living out something that's putting us somewhere. 
And I say this, there's a spirit of God that's moving. It didn't move, Justin, brother. It's moving right now. It's moving on the bride right now. And I say this, don't be lulled to sleep. Whatever you do, press the battle. Whatever you do, enter in. If that tugs a little bit of your emotion, so be it. But there's a land beyond the river. It's fairer than day. Listen. I couldn't help it this morning. As Brother Ron and I have been communicating. But this came so real. I was over at my aunt's place the other night. Came in the house and I remembered where my grandma sat. I just had to stop. And I thought about how she had labored. How she had poured her heart out for me when I was unregenerate in sin. And how she wept when God saved my soul. I thought, I almost felt like she was sitting there again. And I thought if she could come back, she would be uttering these words I'm saying now. I, th I thought of those that have just slipped beyond the curtain of time. Brother Beaton, Brother Walter Kesser, Lawrence, Sister Grandma Kesser, Sister Marlene. They run their race. And the Bible says, they without us, cannot be made perfect. In other words, there has to be a voice. There has to be something. There has to be Christ on earth again. I'm jumping way ahead. This was, but I, I just say it while I'm here. And I believe if we could look into another dimension. Now, I don't believe, as Brother Adam says, intercession of saints. But I believe, like Brother Branham said, if we could look in the other dimension, they're cheering us on right now. That's the last steps of the mile. Run the race. Dan, your dad would be saying, Brother Koenig, he'd be saying, press the battle, press the battle. Don't just stand still. Young person, life is fleeing. Press the battle. If their voices could... Transmit through this dimension. If Brother Don Babbitts could come back, oh, he'd be crying with all that's in. And you know what? He can't. But that spirit that's upon them is also going to be on a people on earth. We're the final voice. Oh, I think of those that have run before us. Abraham Lincoln, I thought of the faith of our fathers. I've, I think I've just botched my notes completely here, but that's okay. In the Civil War, when America went through great struggle and the war really was about slavery, about more than that, but the South wanted slavery, and yet there was godly men there. 
in the north. It was Abraham Lincoln. He was a young man. And he saw a colored man, woman, putting up for sale, going to different places. And something in him said, I'll hit that. That's not right. Abraham Lincoln became the president. And as the president, he had to make decisions that put the lives of many, caused them to go to death. But it was a great cause. And one of the bloodiest battles that ever was, was at Gettysburg. And there were so many that lost their lives on that day. They talk about some of the battles, the, the blood literally f came down in streams. Lincoln, there was going to be a dedication of what those forefathers had done and fought for. Lincoln wasn't asked to speak. They chose an orator. I forget his name now. He came out of Boston, but he was a, a man who was a Polish scholar and could speak and say nice words. And he was going to speak, and they were going to hold this memorial. And Lincoln said, actually, I'd like to attend. And I think his wife and those aides around him says, you haven't even been invited. He says, but I've got to represent with them. And when they heard Lincoln was coming, they all, they all said, oh, he's just trying to get political points. And finally they agreed before this main orator, or I think it was just after or before, could speak. Lincoln would be allowed to speak just a few minutes. The words of Lincoln are inscribed to this day. And he, I'm going to read some of this. And pardon me if I'm drifting to the American side of the border today, but I'm, I'm just taking it from, from where the prophet was at. But he says this, and he just spoke for five minutes, but these words became inscribed. He said, fourscore and seven years ago, our fathers brought on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived, so dedicated, can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of war. We've come to dedicate a portion of this field, a final resting place for those who gave their lives that the nation might live. It's altogether fitting and proper we should do this. And then this paragraph, this is, this is the paragraph. In a larger sense, we cannot dedicate we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. In other words, no matter what words I say, it cannot do justice to what happened on this battlefield. The brave men, living and dead, who have struggled here have already consecrated it. It is far above our power to add or detract. He said the world will little note nor long remember what we say here. In fact, he was wrong on one thing. The words almost became emblematic of what happened. He said, we can never forget what they did here. It is for us, the living rather, to be dedicated here 
to the unfinished work which they have fought here. And he says, with increased devotion to the cause that would give us this last measure of devotion, we are here to highly resolve that those that are dead shall, they shall have not died in, fa- in vain, but this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and the government of the people by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. And we're talking about a greater government when we're talking today, and that's the government of God. These words, and I reflected on what Lincoln did, and I thought how often we remember, as I mentioned some names, while men are living, we don't often reverence or respect what we've got. But it's only after they die. And I I take this back to Jesus at Mount Transfiguration. He says, don't tell anyone until the Son of Man is risen. Because they really didn't see the big picture. I, I, I would say there are some that have missed what God has done in this generation. And as a result, they don't reverence or respect or hold dear. In the way that Lincoln held dear those that have gone before him, there are some within the fabric of the message who have now dismissed it, make light of it, but don't let it really filter down to where they are. And I I, I will say, like Paul said, and I read this last week, I had it, I'm not going to read it today, you have many instructors in Christ but not many fathers. I have read the words of Paul, and they've had greater meaning to me than ever before. I read when he was in a Roman prison, and I felt like he's been speaking to me in this generation. Then I go and pick up message books where a prophet would say, my little children, my dearly beloved, my begotten, And he said, hear my words. I remember when the Spirit spoke to him and said, pick up my pen and write. Pick up the pen and write. Those words are, I hold dear. And I say, we are standing on holy ground. And I take those messages, and he would say, he would actually speak prophetically and say, you might not see it while I'm here, But yonder, when those children hear those tapes, they'll know it. So there's an element that we don't know in the season, but we only know it when it comes to pass. And I'll say, friends, we're not going back to where Brother Branham was. We're not going back to where some of the forefathers of the ministry are. But right now, we're a living expression of the eternal voice. If I would just take it this way, Paul would actually tell Timothy, he'd say, lay up those things for a foundation for the time to come. I think the time has come. I think we need to step on the platform. I'm not saying we take a prophetic office or we do anything. I think we need to embrace this like we've never embraced it before.
I'll tell you what. I tried for years to get my brother. Just listen to a tape. Listen to this. Now he's in a place, he says, and he's, te- he's preaching to me. He's saying, did you hear what Brother Branham said? And I said, oh, would to God I could place this in every member of the bride. Where it's so written and inscribed on our hearts. Now let me just take the whole portion that I missed, which really is, here's the eternal God. He's, he's had a Moses. He's had an Elijah. But now comes this season where he's actually going to pour himself into a man, in a vessel. And he comes in the form of Jesus. And this man is so moved, even from a child, from a spirit realm, because he's God. He's not born with, with all the, the wrong nature and the wrong things. But yet he's suffering in the flesh, even though he should never have had done that. But he takes our place. And, and he's so yielded, even at the age of 12, when, they, when his earthly parents leave the feast and they forget him, he's there in the temple and they come back three days later and he addresses them in a way that would be deemed respect, disrespectful. And he says, don't you know I've got to be about the Father's business? And then, you know, the next verses are, are, are powerful. He says, and he went with them and became subject to them because he had to fulfill the word. But he was always a son. And it had to come a time when the son would speak entirely for the father. There had to come a time, you know, and, he, and here he was. He was baptizing on the, being baptized on the river. John had, had a ministry laying the foundation for him. Here he comes the, oh, he comes down, and John already had prophesied him. He comes down in the river, and, he, and, and John, heaven witnesses, the dove of heaven, a voice from heaven. And John witnesses the, the him whom the Spirit of God shall descend and remain. And he goes into the river, he says, I need to be baptized. And Jesus says, suffer it to be so, baptize me. We need to fulfill all righteousness. And by that, from that he left, and he went into the wilderness to be subject to the temptations of the devil for 40 days. And I don't know if we recognize all that God went through for us. If we would recognize, he could have lived, he could have just come and died the death, you know, accidental shooting, arrow. No, but he suffered and suffered and suffered. He went into the wilderness and he suffered all this temptation. And he suffered all of these things. And then he comes out and he begins his ministry. And it wasn't long after that he comes up to Mount Transfiguration. And now the Father has poured into the Son and placed him right at a place where the prophets have spoke, they've spoke, they foretyped, they foreshadowed, but now the eternal word is going to come into a human vessel. And that human vessel is going to speak, not from the office of fatherhood, but sonship. And he desired many other sons. Let me read this to you. I, 
I guess that this is probably as broken up as I want, ever, didn't even want it to be, but Christ the mystery. Jesus seen it so. He was perfectly born for the day till God expressed every move that he made. He was God's revelation, God revealed. So he was expressing himself. That's his purpose. That's why he died. That's the second fold of his threefold manifestation. First to express himself in Christ, then to express himself through the church. The same Christ that was in the Word. The church becomes the Word when it lets the Word go through them. Friends, there's an hour coming. When the church will be exactly what Jesus was on earth. Brother Adam would say, there is coming a time when God is going to pour the power into the church like he's never done before. We are moving into that time. We are stepping into that time. But it won't happen until there's a foundation, until there's hearts yielded, surrendered. Why do you preach so hard, Brother Ed? We come to church. We pay our tithes. It's so much greater than that. <laughs> the video, when we come up to your house, Lord, when we sit at the table, battle-scarred veterans. <sighs> you know what message I was out of? Deep calleth to the deep. Amoya moving the church of God. I don't know if I can adequately express all of these things, but I'm just winding my thoughts down here now. Jesus comes and Lazarus dies, and it seemed like to that family, everything was gone. And Martha comes out. She says, oh, Master. No, Mary, Mary comes out running. Oh, Master, he's, if you were here, my, my brother would not have died. Or I think it was Martha, I guess. It was Mary, Mary sat at his feet. Martha expressed this. And, and Jesus said, did I not tell you, if you that he'll rise again? You'll see the resurrection again. In the sun was resurrecting power. But it took a voice on earth, and, and, and Martha began to agree with the word. And as she began to agree with the word, she says, True Lord, at the resurrection he'll die again. It says, and he begins to speak to her. So what did Brother Adam? He identifies this. Here's one omnipotent. Here's another omnipotent. Two omnipotents come together, and the word of God is fulfilled. That same God is here today again. All it takes is you to agree with the word, to begin to say, yes, Lord. I'll say yes, Lord, to your will and to your way, and it will come to pass. I'll say this. If you're listening, I'm not trying to make anybody spiritual, myself or anybody, but I'll say the bride is spiritual. She's listening. She's not just superficial, but she's listening. And you ought to catch, you know, Brother Bannon would talk about the seals. 
And he says, if you would catch it, something has happened that is way beyond. And I'll say this, we're in a season. You look what's happening in the world, but I say, forget all of that. There's something happening here. I'll say this, and if, if you don't feel that little tug, I'll say, Lord, just, just go in prayer and say, Lord, like Brother Branham said in Christ the Mystery, why do you hunger? Why do you thirst? It's the Father trying to get this mystery to you. It was under the Elijah ministry. Elijah was a restoring ministry. I'm just summarizing a couple of other notes I had that I didn't get into. Under Elijah, the first thing we hear of Elijah is he, he came forth with a thus saith the Lord to the leader. And under Elijah, it was judgment. But under Elijah, it was also resurrection. Restoration. Because in Elijah, in 1 Kings 17, it was the woman who God used to sustain Elijah. Her son died, but under that was resurrection. Under Elisha, it was a Shunammite whose woman had died. There was resurrection. In the sun was resurrection power. In the sun was all power. In him, hear my voice. If the bride has thus saith the Lord, and she'll speak, and they'll listen. I don't believe it'll speak to her earthly pleasure. I don't believe it'll speak from from a spirit realm of woundedness. But it'll be from the soul. It'll be speaking for those that are not right. It'll be speaking for conditions. It'll be the same voice that was there again. It'll be speaking. John 20, verse 22, Jesus comes to his disciples and he breathes on them. And he says, receive the Holy Ghost. Now, they didn't receive it right there. But there came a season when they were in an upper room and God breathed life into them. Friends, the bride was dead. But until God came, he says it'll take those seven unknown thunders to wake her up. The thunders aren't just some voice that's out there. It's the realities of God striking your soul. It's on a level that's beyond humanity. It's not just emotion. It's not just a good feeling. It's the reality of God. Let him breathe his breath into me. Let him breathe his life into us. Listen, the musicians can come. Under this, in, John, in, in Isaiah chapter 61, Jesus comes and he picks up the book. And he stops. He reads it. Stops. And he stops for the part that he was playing at that moment. But the next part, which is the days of vengeance, where are we at? The judgments of God again. 
like it was in Elijah, the judgments of God again, but also a resurrection. Also a restoration. A voice that brings back life, that breathes into us again. A voice that is breathed, not just in a church service, not just in an emotion, but when you kneel in prayer, when you open your Bible. A voice that it is so real when you sing a song sometimes. It's breathing in you. I don't know if I conveyed very well what I could, but I, I just pray, if it wasn't conveyed today, I pray that in this season, it needs to be God make it real. I'm just echoing a voice. As I close with this scripture, I already referred to it. Brother Mark, I didn't give you it, but it's just in Hebrews chapter 11. And it's when Paul is speaking and he's finished recounting the fathers of the faith. And he talks about how they've labored, they've run their race, they've done everything. And then he says this in verse 39. And these all, having obtained a good report... Through faith, they received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Now, I want you to think, these voices that are just in another dimension, they're being, they can't be expressed to us. But neither can they come to their fullness Unless our voice, our faith is declared. And I say this, this isn't just God, this isn't just a workup of Brother Ed this morning. This isn't just William Branham thinking something. I'm going to say this, in another dimension, this is the will of God concerning you. This is the will of God for every son and daughter that's here. This is the will of God for every young person that's here. This is the will of God just like when I was a young person and I didn't have that little call, that little tug. But it's here. A seed can lay dormant for a long time. But I, God knows the season. We've got to run our part. Jesus expressed a part in his earthly ministry, but there's a portion reserved for the bride. I believe we're in that time. Let's stand together. Thank you for putting up with me this morning. But I pray it was more than just Brother Ed. I pray somewhere you would catch what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. Not just hearing the words of Brother Ed, but hearing what the Spirit of God is saying. Spirit of God, move. Spirit of God, move. Spirit of God, move, fill my whole being, consume my life. Spirit of God, move, an empty vessel I want to be, so that you may come. God move, write your word on my heart, fill my whole being, consume my life. Spirit of God move, an empty vessel I want to be, so that
greater than all, greater than all. Greater than all my sin is the blood that still cleanses me. It's the grace that still sets me. say this morning maybe you feel like I do sometimes which is I feel dry the God that seemed to move on me in days past seems so far away and there's times I feel like that too there's times I feel like where are you Lord seem to be so bogged down why is everybody catching something I'm not catching but I want you to think back to when God moved upon you. That same God has never changed His desire for you. If He moved on you, on your clay, He still wants to move today. Say, Lord, I, I got these things. They seem to be clouding me and blocking me. Why don't you just open your heart? That little tug. Why don't you allow it to, to just begin to you know, God, God's grace will keep us. But he, he can't pull you through sin. He can't pull you through unwillingly. He can't pull you through when your heart doesn't even respond to Him. But, but He wants to express Himself. And you know, I'll share the testimony my brother shared with me years ago. He wasn't living where he should have been. And he said, when he finally went peace and made things right, was with my father at the time. And he actually had forgiveness. He said, it seemed like the things he was struggling with began to leave. 
And he says, God began to flow in my life again. And he says these words, why did I wait so long? Why did I wait so long? Do you hear him calling you today? Greater than all my sins, I'm going to ask Brother Alan Dole to come and close the service in prayer. Greater than all my sin is the blood that still cleanses me. It's the grace that still sets me. Father, we, we don't really know what to, what to say in this closing prayer. Lord, may it, may it be more than just a prayer, but Lord, our hearts resonate with the word that was spoken today, Father. Lord, we certainly love you and appreciate you, Lord. And Father, so many times, Lord, we, we say, I want to surrender all to you, Lord. And yet, Father, there is something holding us back, Lord, that... We can't enter in, Lord, but Father, we want to surrender. Lord, I want to surrender, Lord. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would, you would move upon my heart, move upon every heart that's here, Lord. Father, all those in the streaming world, may you speak, Father. Lord, may we realize the lateness of the hour. Lord, oh, Lamb of God, as Lord, the scripture said, the prophet said at the in the last mess, last verses of the of the Bible, even so come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Lord. Father, yet Lord, we know there are those that are still out, Lord, in sin, Father. Maybe just living a, a loose life, maybe not totally in sin, but never surrendered, Lord. Father, we pray, O oh God. May this be the day. Lord, even even sitting in front of their, their streaming device, Lord. May you speak to their hearts. Dear Lamb of God, we love you and appreciate you, Lord. And Father, all those that could not be here, Lord, may you bless them today, Father. Lord, those that have not been feeling well, may you bless them today, Lord. But above all, Father, those that, whose hearts may not be in the right place, may you speak to those hearts today, Father. Bless Brother Ed, Lord. We appreciate him, Lord. We pray that you would bless him and give return strength to him, Father. And Lord, whoever you've ordained to speak tonight, Lord, we're anticipating your presence one more time, Father. Lord, may you prepare our hearts. Give us ears to hear and hearts to receive. Lord, we love you and appreciate you now. Go with us, Lord, we ask in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.
Marian, there's that song you wrote, We've Been Made the Final Voice. You think you know that song? <laughs> Receive me in the coming of the Lord. I've been made the final voice in the season of the pride. I have fought the fight, I have run the race, the battle is won. With Christ and me 